Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Deeper Still, a podcast where we carve out space for meaningful conversation about God and life as we seek to pay attention to the ways He calls us to go deeper still in relationship with Him and with one another. My name is Sue Ann Canfield. I have the great joy of being the host of this podcast. And my friends, as always, I never get tired of saying this. I'm so glad you're here today. But today I have the awesome pleasure of welcoming one of my colleagues back to Deeper Still, a voice that will be recognizable to those of you who call Christchurch home. Christchurch is the place where we produce this podcast, but for some of you who are my broader listeners, his voice may not be as familiar, and that is my friend and my colleague, the Dr. Reverend Eric Haskins. Eric serves alongside of me on the staff of Christchurch as the pastor of spiritual formation, and today we're going to take advantage of both his education and his experience to talk about the season in the life of this church— and in the history of the church worldwide that is quickly coming upon us. It's a season that has become immensely meaningful to me and my walk with Jesus. I know Eric would say the same thing, and I know many of you listening would agree. But it's also a season that stirs up a lot of questions. It can be a little confusing, especially for those who have not grown up with it being part of our lives. Maybe it's a season that is not very familiar to us, and that is the season of Lent. This beautiful season that begins on this year, February 22nd, next Wednesday, Ash Wednesday. And so we're going to lean into what is Ash Wednesday? What is Lent? Why should we practice it? What's in it for us as we move towards Resurrection Sunday? And so today's conversation is fun. It's informative. It's meaningful. And I think you'll also find it very encouraging. And so my friends, saddle up settle in and listen in as Eric and I go deeper still. Eric, I am so glad that you are back here at Deeper Still. Welcome. It's so good to be sitting in this space with you, my friend. It is good. It's good to be back in the studio um, and to be with you today talking about all things Lent. Right? All things Lent. I'm very excited. Before we dive into all things Lent, two things I have to say. Do it. Um, one, fun fact about you and I and our relationship oh, together. Yes. You and I just celebrated our sixth uh, working year at Christchurch. We have. This week. Yes. Isn't that fun? It is awesome. <laughs> and those of you who don't know the backstory... Um, we were going into the last interviews, each one of us, the same night. And I was coming out of the meeting. Sue Ann was going in, and we high-fived as we passed each other and prayed for each other at the same time. And we both got hired, shockingly. Uh, shockingly, right? I still, six years later, I'm like, shockingly. Not only yeah. do they hire us, they have kept us around for they six have. years. It's amazing. We'll see what happens after this podcast. That's right. That's right. That moment is like so ingrained into my, my that high-five, so good. ingrained. Um, I love that we have spent the last six years doing so much ministry together, mm-hmm. so much life together. Um, I don't like that I feel like you know so much about me now. You're like a work husband where I'm like, for a while I could like fake it till I make it or like try <laughs> to like pull things over on you. And yep. now you know me too well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it doesn't work. You just call me on my, my junk. And so we all um, need friends like that though. <laughs> We do need friends like that. So I do appreciate that about you. And I said, uh, welcome back to Deeper Still, because Mm -hmm. last time you were here, which I need to go back and look, I think it was June of 2021. I could be wrong. May, somewhere in there, summertime. We were talking about the Enneagram uh, because you are a trained like expert in the Enneagram. And we love the Enneagram here at Mm -hmm. Deeper Still. And so that was a super fun conversation. Yeah, it was a great. And it's actually a conversation I've given out that podcast I can't tell you to how many people, and it's been so helpful for them. Uh, And they've also found their way back to your podcast here as regular listeners. So that was uh, a a twofold double whammy there. That's right. It's good good all the way around and always good to talk about Enneagram stuff with you. We'll have to have you back again and revisit that conversation. And I would encourage those of you listening who have not maybe found that podcast, if you're a little curious about the Enneagram, that was a super fun conversation and really helpful. So I would direct you back to that as well. Um, But none of that is what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about Ash Wednesday and And to talk about Lent and the journey that we are about to embark upon. Um, 
individually and communally Mm -hmm. as a church. And for those of you who don't call Christ Church home, it's a broader community Mm -hmm. of followers of Christ. And I find, Eric, that a lot of people don't necessarily understand what mm-hmm. Ash Lent Wednesday is, what Lent is, why it matters. And so that's the conversation you and I are going to have today. And I'm, I'm laughing a little bit because I think you're going to turn the tables on me and ask me some questions, which has gotten me super nervous about this conversation. <laughs> I've been like cramming for an exam all morning. Yeah, she's been nervous the last couple of days when I told her I'm going to do a quiz right at the beginning of the podcast. She's like, wait, what? You're going to ask me questions on my show? And I was like, yeah, I actually am. Uh, but these aren't, folks, this isn't just for Sue Ann, it's for us together, just to enter into this world of Lent and Ash Wednesday, a little bit about the history, a little bit about the practices, where to come from, uh, because, you know, my tradition, my growing up, and I believe, Sue Ann, you're the same, I was not familiar with this church tradition. Right. Right? I came from a flavor of Christianity uh, that we did not keep Lent. We did not practice Lent. Um, and in fact, if I'm a little more blunt, uh, Ash Wednesday was that day every year that I am downtown on a bus and I'm seeing these smudges on people's heads and part of me goes to wipe it off or like, excuse me, you have something on. And then I catch myself going, oh, oh, yeah, it's that Ash Wednesday thing. Yes. And so if you would have asked me this simple quiz, don't worry, don't sweat it. Uh, <laughs> 25, 30 years ago, I would have been probably clueless. Yeah. As I have no idea. But what I found um, in my own practice now has grown to such a degree that this is probably one of my favorite seasons of the church year. Yes. Every year I look forward to Lent and keeping Lent. And I'll unpack what that means a little bit. But, um, are you ready? Yeah. Well, let me, I'm just okay. going to add yeah, on to that it. because you and I do have that similar experience. And I've shared this on um, this podcast before. I think last year, um, Dan was here, our lead mm-hmm. pastor, Dan Myers. We kind of lean into Lent. Uh, Bill Scheel, the president of Northern yep. Seminary, has been here to talk about Lent. And so I've shared this before, but definitely I, f- I follow along the same path as you, is I didn't know anything about Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. or Lent before we came to Christchurch. And we have been here now for 17 years. And I remember, coming to my first Ash Wednesday service saying, I thought this was something Catholics did. I thought mm-hmm. this was something that was for other um, traditions, faith traditions, but I didn't know that evangelical Protestant mm-hmm. uh, churches did this. And I, I had no idea what to expect. And like you, this has also become uh, one of my favorite seasons of the year. Ash Wednesday is one of my favorite services that uh, Christ Church does, which you will be preaching at uh, on yes. February 22nd. And so we're excited to hear uh, your your voice there. And mm-hmm. if, if you're listening and you don't have a place to go to an Ash Wednesday service, we'll be giving ashes all day starting at... I think I'm giving them at seven between seven and eight thirty in the morning on Ash Wednesday. I think you're doing it between twelve and one thirty in mm-hmm. our sanctuary, and we'll have some other staff. So, just a little plug for all things Ash Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and during the service at seven, we will also be having ashes as well. That's right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anyway, so now, <laughs> okay. now let's talk about Ash Wednesday in Lent. Yes. Okay. Here's a little quiz for you. So if you're listening at home, uh, feel free to play along. And see how you would answer these questions. I'm so, so, first nervous. one, so you're, you're, you're okay. <laughs> Where does the word Lent come from? This is multiple choice. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Yeah, yeah it's multiple choice. I told okay, you. It's got to gotcha. be Latin. All right. Where does the word Lent come from? A, Latin phrase referring to the truly penitent, if I can get that word, a penitent. Mm-hmm. B, Anglo Saxon phrase referring to, referring to spring or springtide. Hebrew word, I got to practice my Hebrew here. Ready? <laughs> referring to an extended time of fasting. Or D, Yiddish slang for drudgery in life. <laughs> definitely D. Uh, definitely D, but in case D is wrong, those are all really good because there's little hints of all yeah, truth maybe. in all of those, but I got to go Latin and A. Okay, the correct answer is springtime. It's springtime. It's I knew spring. it. Shoot. Lent Shoot. simply means spring or springtide. It's basically an old Saxon word. Oh. Lenten, All right. meaning spring. Okay. All right, I'm over one. Um, how far back does Lent go in the church? A, before the death of John the Apostle in the first generation after Jesus. B, in the early centuries before the Council of Nicaea. So we're talking about 325. 
sometime after Constantine, 300s, but before the Reformation, which is the 1500s, or when our very own Reverend Dr. Dan Meyer created it as part of his doctoral thesis. Oh my goodness, I'm just going to keep saying D because that makes me feel less stupid. Uh, again, truth in all of the things that you just said in all of my seminary training right now is crashing together. Um, Council of Nicaea, 325. I thought it came out of the Council of Nicaea after that, but I don't think that's one of my answers. Okay, so it's almost, it's, this is almost a trick question. Uh, yes, I, gotta say. I knew, I knew it. So Lent, as we know it today, has been growing over the centuries to what we have established today, a 40-day season pre-Easter. Um, the first time we see a 40-day season is right around the Council of Nicaea. That is true. Thank However, you. the ideas <laughs> uh, and traditions of fasting, of confession, of giving alms to the poor, all go back to the early, early days of the church. Mm. And so you see this tradition growing over the ages, over the centuries, to what we have today. So almost all of these have a shade, except maybe Dan's, but who knows, <laughs> Dan never ceases to surprise me. Nice. So he might have an influence in that. That's there. right. He probably does. I'm sure it's somewhere in there. Yeah, yeah. Eric, are you going to talk about why ashes? Is that going to come up? Or can I ask you about that now? Um, we, we can talk about that now a little bit. Okay. Um, you know, why ashes? The ashes go, you know, if you look through the, the scriptures, the season of Lent is always a sign of repentance, Right. The Ash Wednesday, you're marked with ashes, and if you come to Christ Church, or you go to any church, really, you will hear very similar words spoken over you as you uh, as the ashes are imposed on your forehead, usually in the sign of the cross. And that is remember, right? Remember from dust you came, and to dust you shall return. And so the whole thing about ashes is, one, it plays off the idea that I, too, am going to return to dust, to ash, but it also plays off the idea, as we see in the scriptures in a couple different places, of uh, being, being sorrowful, being repentant of our sin, because the season of Lent also is a season of repentance. As we look forward, as we journey towards the cross of Jesus, and as we look forward to the ultimate sacrifice he did on behalf of our sins, we are reminded that we are limited, that sin has affected us and that we are to confess our sin. Yes. So all that is mixed in in there together. And then again, you see glimpses of this, especially in the old Testament, uh, the book of Daniel, the book of Job, um, where ashes are used as a sign of repentance. The book of Jonah yeah. uh, has that as well. Yeah. I pulled out this great verse from Jeremiah that says, uh, Oh, daughter of my people put on a sackcloth." cloth because that's what they did put yep. on a sackcloth and roll in ashes make mourning as for an only a son let me say that again make mourning as for an only son most bitter lamentation for suddenly the destroyer will come upon us so that is lament and mm-hmm. they would cover themselves in ashes and sackcloth and cry out as the mm-hmm. sign of repentance of grief of of what you're talking about limitation right. so very scriptural from that tradition. Why Lent wasn't in the Bible, that tradition and um, that tradition of ashes going all the way back to Genesis. So mm-hmm. good. So thanks for clarifying yeah, that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Sorry, I messed up your quiz. It's all good. This is all part of it. Uh, okay, a couple more questions here. What is the significance of the number 40 in the traditional Lenten season? I know this one. Do you? Yes. Okay, here we go. Let's okay. see. Okay. Okay. A, the number of days Moses met with the Lord on Mount Sinai to receive the Ten Commandments. B, it references Elijah's journey to Mount Horeb in Sinai or Sinai. Uh, 40 days and 40 nights he was up on that mountain. C, it honors Jesus' fast of 40 days and 40 nights in the desert before he began his public ministry. D, all the above, or E, none of the above. Now, why did you have to throw an all of above, all of the above in there? That's so cruel. That's just mean. So I will say, 
traditionally, I'm going to go with C, that it is represents the 40 days that Jesus was in the desert after his baptism uh, by John the Baptizer, as Dan would say, John the Baptizer. Mm-hmm. Um, but those other 40 days are representative of um, great biblical stories that something about the number 40 and the significance of that throughout the Bible would also enhance one's Lenten experience. Yeah, that's really good. I, li- I like that answer. Uh, <laughs> yes. You're not wrong, but it is all the above <laughs> for all the reasons that you said. All right. All so right. kudos to you for that. Um, and I hope you, you you listening heard that. I mean, when you do, if you literally did a search in, in some in whatever your favorite Bible app is, 40 days, you'll be amazed at what pops up mm. and how many times that is mentioned. And most, and this is, I love laying this idea over. In fact, I try to remind myself this every Lenten season um, as I enter Lent, that these are all examples when I'm entering in this 40-day journey to the cross. And when you look at the scriptures, all these examples that have 40 in common, they're all more or less, they have people set aside time to meet with God. I mean, think of what we just mentioned, Moses, Elijah, um, Jesus. Mm. Right, people set a time t- time to meet with God. There is trial and there is joy mixed in the whole experience, and there's this idea of this journey, this process, this uh, almost proving, refining, refocusing process. And you know, we mentioned Moses. Think of that refocusing, refining on, on the mountain of Sinai when he was receiving the Ten Commandments, or Elijah and that story there. You know, he's up on the mountainside and he was kind of ticked off at God and God says, hey, come and meet me, meet me. And he's up there and God passes over him, you know, not in the rumblings, not in the fire, but in the stillness. Mm. Right. So there's that journey. And Jesus, you know, let alone Jesus in the wilderness. And don't forget who led Jesus to the wilderness. You know, we're told in Matthew, the Holy Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. So it was this whole idea of. Um, you know, refining, refocusing, meeting with God. Mm. And take that now and lay that over your own Lenten journey coming up. And I don't know about you, part of me gets excited, part of me gets really nervous, Mm. uh, but that is the joy and the perils and the refining and the forging that Lent is Mm. um, that I actually have fallen in love with myself. That's so good. So helpful. So good. And I think one of the things that's so good about that is anytime we're looking at our our Christian journey and anytime we're looking at the tradition of the church or the biblical framework for it, you can never just pull out one piece of scripture, right? Mm -hmm. Like God has been weaving his story Mm -hmm. throughout the history of time from Genesis to Revelation. It's one big story. And the way you laid that out so beautifully is just a reminder that we are on a journey as the people of God that has been a journey that people have been on throughout the history of the ages. And, and there's never one slice of that journey that we can pull out and, and, and elevate mm-hmm. against others, that we're always stepping back. I say that I hear a Deeper Still all the time. We always have to step back and see the mm-hmm. bigger picture. And so thank you for doing that so beautifully yeah. for us. Really yeah. good. Yeah, that's good. Those rhythm, you know, again, coming from a tradition that doesn't keep their church calendar, capital C. Mm -hmm. Those six seasons of the church year, we lose that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, you know, came to Lent and start to follow more or less the church calendar, probably when I was in grad school. That's where I was exposed to it, that I was a youth pastor at the time, and we began to fold in some of these deeper, richer rhythms and practices into our youth ministry. And we saw the effect, literal effect it had uh, not just the students individually, and I, I wanted to reference something you said at the beginning of the podcast. You said individually prepare for Lent and communally prepare for Lent. Right. I want us to keep both of those things yes. in front of that. Amen. In front of us during this whole conversation. Because it's just not about me and Jesus during Lent. Right. It's about more so we as a community of faith. And there is a deep, rich power, I think, that can come to your Lenten experience when you're not doing it alone. Mm-hmm. where it doesn't seem like a drudgery or a test or a I feel horrible at this or I'm, I'll get to some of those other points that usually people shy away from Lent. But this idea that we are doing this together to refine ourselves, to refine our focus yes. on Jesus and so who good. he is. 
Yeah. So yeah, I found as I was preparing for today a little bit, just so I would have smart answers. Um, <laughs> I one of the things I learned that I didn't know is one of the reasons the Protestant pushback um, against Lent is that oh, for this season. Um, we are going to elevate something that we should be doing all the time. And so when we put ashes on our head, there is a certain piety that comes with that. Like, look at me, I'm repenting. Um, and we, we have this season of Lent that should be a way of life, that we should be repenting and being aware of these things um, for the whole year. And I read that and I was like, I don't, I don't mean this to be offensive, but I was like, oh, well, that's dumb because... <laughs> Because, uh, yes, we should be having that heart posture posture all of the time as believers, but having this intentionally focused 40 days, Mm -hmm. it's just like anything. When we intentionally focus on something, we just learn from Mm -hmm. that. We're more aware of that. And that's what this Lenten season is all about, not because we don't do these things other times of the year that mm-hmm. we don't pray, that we don't confess, that we don't fast, you know. But this is that really intentional place where that's leading us to the cross, that's mm-hmm. re- leading us to Resurrection Sunday that makes that Sunday all the more meaningful because we've intentionally prepared ourselves for it. So yes. I thought that was just really interesting as I was doing a little more reading today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. That's good. It's that spiritual cleanse. A lot of people do physical cleanses. Yes. Health cleanses, right? This is a spiritual cleanse. Um, okay, you ready Good. for the next yep, one? I'm ready. Got Bring two it. more here. All right. Initially, oh, there's a true or false, by the way. True or false. Okay. Initially, Lent was designed to prepare individuals and families seeking to be baptized into the faith on Easter Sunday. Only later did the practice begin to be observed by the church community as a whole. True or false? That is a very interesting question. And I feel like I should say true because it feels like that would be true and it's so well worded, but I'm going to go false just because I've never really heard that before. You should have went with your gut reaction. It was like 50-50 shot. It is true. It is true. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, initially, back in the the day, so to speak, Mm -hmm. uh, when Lent was first developing, and we're talking, you know, pre-1500s, the season of preparation to be baptized on Easter Sunday morning of the people, the catacombs, as they would be called, the people who are training to become members of the church, it was a 40-day refining process. Hmm. And that also fed into the idea of, you know, Jesus in the wilderness and Elijah and the ones we just saw, but also then attributed to how we keep Lent for 40 days now. And then many liturgical traditions, Orthodox, Catholic, um, things like Anglican, uh, people will still begin the Lenten journey by preparing themselves to be baptized on Sunday morning. Hmm. And there's actually a church I go to. Um, I love our Easter Sunday morning celebrations here at Christ Church. Uh, but I actually go to a sunrise service at another church as well mm-hmm. because I cannot get enough on Easter morning. <laughs> okay, I just can't. And what, do they, what they first do on this sunrise service on Easter is that there is a whole line of people being baptized, mm. adults all the way down to babies. Mm. And it is absolutely beautiful at the beginning of the service to start with these people who have been journeying the last 40 days uh, to prepare themselves to be baptized and join the church in that way. It's a beautiful picture. That's really cool. Yeah. That's a great. I did not know that at all. So that's really good. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. All right. I have a question for you, but I don't know if it's your last question or not. But this is another one I don't know. Okay. And so I'm going to out myself as, you know, as someone on staff at a church that maybe should know this. Why during those 40 days of Lent are Sundays not counted? Yes. Um, are we going to get there with this qu- last question? Let me look. I can, uh, l- let me answer that okay. after this last okay. question. Okay, fair enough. Because we might it. get into other things, too, with this last question. Okay. Which of these fasts were not part of the early church's practices during the Lenten season? Okay? Okay. So which of these fasts were not part of the early church's practices during the Lenten season? A, abstinence from public entertainment. B, abstinence from sexual relations. C, abstinence from bathing. D, fasting from all meat, milk, cheese, wine, and eggs. E, almsgiving to the poor. Or F, honoring the Old Testament account of mourning 
by application of ashes and the tearing, ripping of clothing and garments as an outward sign of true grief of sin. Wow. Which one was not part of the traditional practice? Okay. Wow. This feels very tricky and I have no idea. I could make a case for a variety of things, but I am going to say, because I hope it's true, if they fasted from giving alms to the poor, that's kind of going to break my heart in this moment. So I'm going to hope that that was not one of the things that they fasted from. So whatever letter that is. But they did not fast from that way. The, the, my quiz rooted here. Oh, <laughs> did I get that wrong? Did we mess it, it up? Uh, it's actually F. Which was so, F? So that was the whole honoring the Old Testament account of mourning. Oh. Right. Uh, which of these fasts were not part of the early church's practices? So fasts are in quotes. So they did do almsgiving to the poor. Yes. But did they right? fast from that per not season? fast from that. It's Got my it. wording. Sorry, Oh, folks. see? It's the wording's weird. So <laughs> all all right, I get bonus the, points then. Yeah, yeah, That makes do. up for the other ones I missed. All that being said. I'm all, all about winning right now. <laughs> <laughs> all those other things were part of the season of Lent. So abstinence from sexual relations, abstinence from public entertainment, abstinence from bathing, um, fasting from meat, milk, cheese, and those things. And they also gave almsgiving to the poor. Hmm. You know, or they did almsgiving to Got the it. poor. Stated. Um, now, go back to your question. So why, did, why, is, why are Sundays not included in the 40 days of Lent? Sundays aren't included in 40 days of Lent because Sunday is always Resurrection Day. So Sunday is always a party Hmm. because we always want to honor and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. So as we'll probably get to a little bit later, the idea of keeping Lent. Yes. Right. Meaning you you give up something you normally would do Mm -hmm. to help you better focus on Jesus' sacrifice for you. Right. So if you're doing that for Lent, um, you would be exempt from that on Sunday and you would enjoy because it's Sunday and it's resurrection day. So whatever you've chosen to give up, to give up, Sundays doesn't count. Sundays doesn't count. I didn't. I didn't know that. Yeah, I Sundays had no idea. Count. All right. Well, a lot of people it who takes a little edge off. Yeah, a lot of people who are like, oh, I gave up this certain thing. I didn't know this. They're rejoicing right now because. What kind of a cool thing though to remind ourselves that we deprive ourselves for a season, but mm-hmm. like, um, how amazing it is that we we're reminded of new life every yeah. Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday. Absolutely. That is. That is pretty amazing when you when you frame it that way, right? Yes. Um, and you know, related to this too, it's the the interesting thing about Lent. Growing up, I remember my mom would get so excited for Lent because she always could get her pepper and egg sandwich <laughs> on Friday. <laughs> That's great. Because right, traditionally, pe- many liturgical, Catholic Church, Orthodox Church, churches like that who keep Lent, they didn't eat meat on Friday. Right. And again, you go, what, what is the deal with that? How come you didn't eat meat? Because back in the Middle Ages, meat was seen as celebration, mm. right? Meat was seen as excess. Meat was seen as a luxury. I mean, we think back you know, to the New Testament. Uh, when the prodigal son returns home, what does the father say? Prepared the fattened calf. Mm. And so the tradition of not having meat on Fridays and all my good Catholic brothers and sisters are probably groaning right now. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, remember that. Yes, Fish Fry Fridays. Fish Fry Fridays. In Pennsylvania, everywhere yes. you go, it's a fish fry on Fridays. Yeah, so then the question becomes, okay, you can't eat meat, but why can you eat fish? Yes. That's bizarre, right? You don't know the answer. You're, you're asking that. No, I do know the answer. Oh, okay, tell me the yeah, answer. Yeah. I wouldn't come on here without knowing the answer to that. <laughs> you would only do that to me. Yeah, I get it. No, no, it, it's interesting. It's one of those where you're like, oh man, all these, you just start jumping through all these, um, you know, church hoops, so to speak. Right. Uh, so when it's talk about fasting or not eating meat on Friday, it only was referring to land animals. Hmm. And that is by church regulations, by the people that set church regulations. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. By the National Council of Bishops somewhere. Got it. Fair all enough. Right? Um, and fish were never included with that, you know, because they're not land animals. Right. So you can eat fish on Fridays. Thereby, during Lent, even now you see it. Yeah. Right? Fish fry Fridays. Yeah. And pepper and egg sandwiches. You are blowing my mind right now. There's so many things I didn't know. It's so good. 
It's interesting. That is very interesting. Uh, do they know why the fish fry Fridays in Pennsylvania are always at a fire department? I would like to know that answer. My guess uh, is fundraising. <laughs> fundraising, that's right. Oh, that's good. Good stuff. Okay. Uh, I want to lean into some of the formational practices yes. that we can do during Lent. But before we go there, I just want to make sure, do you feel like you, you covered everything you wanted to cover? Um and yeah. talking about the traditions and the history. Yeah, because, you know, the traditions and histories are great. But my experience has been, I've come across so many people, Suhan, that they enter into Lent with this drudgery. Mm. With this, oh, yeah, that's that thing we used to do. I hated it growing up. And, you know, part of that is, I think, just a misunderstanding of the gift that Lent really is for us. And so as we go into these practices and uh, maybe positioning of our hearts and lives as we approach Lent this season, you know, maybe giving you some things uh, to think about in a different way, to maybe even redeem this practice. If you are one of those listening and you're going, oh man, Lent, yeah, okay, great, I'll give up chocolate again. (laughs) Okay, great, but let's reframe that for a more meaningful formational practice for yourself. Um, Can I share some thoughts from some? Yes, please. People, I I love reading on this. Yep. Uh, This is actually one of my friends, Alicia Brick Scholey. She's an author, speaker, amazing person. Uh, I actually did my doctoral work with her, and it was amazing. She's very quiet in class, but any time Alicia spoke, we all were just mouths wide open. And she actually has a Lenten resource I'll be sharing later. She actually has a book just for Lent. Here's what Alicia writes. Lent is a much-needed mentor in an age obsessed with visible, measurable, manageable, and tweetable increase. For it invites us to walk with Jesus and his disciples through darker seasons that we would rather avoid. Grief, conflict, misunderstanding, betrayal, restriction, rejection, and pain. I love the idea that Lent is a mentor. Mm. Because as we enter into the season of Lent with Ash Wednesday, yeah, we are forced to consider our own mortality, right? But the same thing, that is not just a negative, it's a gift. Because we are reminded that our lives are limited, so let's live them for all they're worth, and let's ultimately focus on the right things. And where does Lent point us? It points us squarely at the cross of Jesus. Mm. And what better to have the focus of our life? Um, one other one I'd like to share, and then we can. Ruth Haley Barton. And uh, I know if you're a fan of this podcast, you've probably heard uh, quotes by Ruth Haley Barton before. Unfortunately, Ruth writes, the Lenten season often gets reduced to the question, what are you giving up for Lent? This is a fine question, but it can only take us so far. The real question of the Lenten season is how will I repent and return to God with all my heart? Mm. Where in my life have I gotten away from God? And what are the disciplines that will enable me to find my way back? So good. Love that. That and I love the the way you use the word of reframing Lent Mm. because that's what those that's what those do. They reframe it in a way that um provides uh, more framework that deepens the meaning of it. And I always say, you know, when I don't keep the practice of Lent, Mm -hmm. when I get to Easter Sunday, I'm disappointed Mm. because I have not felt the full weight of my limitations, of my mortality, of my sin, of my repentance. And I don't mean that in a depressing way, like what you're saying, right? But I think we can't experience the joy of Easter Sunday unless we feel the depths of Good Friday. And holding those two things in tension and doing it through the lens of those quotes you just shared is really beautiful. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Good. That's good. What else you got for us? Uh, well, how about the practices? Yeah, and, let's, and let's talk lean about into that. that a little yep. bit because this is re- the way I'm wired. I know it's going to sound like an or- oxymoron, but this is where let be- Lent becomes fun. <laughs> that does sound like an oxymoron. <laughs> Only on Enneagram Seven I, would I say know, this is I know. where let becomes uh, yeah, fun. Here we go. This is me reframing <laughs> everything to be positive. Um, so keeping Lent, what traditionally means is you give up something for Lent. 
But I, I like the idea of, okay, what are you giving up? If you give up something, great. But what are you giving up for? And Lent, and I'm surprised I haven't, I haven't said that yet uh, here. Lent, when you give up something, you keep Lent. Lent is always, uh, it's never done for tradition. It's always done towards relationship. Say right? that again. So keep Lent, mm-hmm. not out of ritual, mm-hmm. but relationship. That's so good. Right? Keep Lent out of ritual, not out of ritual, mm-hmm. but relationship. Mm-hmm. And if you have you know, been listening, you've been thinking about Lent yourself, and you feel that angst, my guess is we've been practicing, you've been practicing out of ritual. But when you frame it as relationship with Jesus, change begin to happen. There's, there's a liveness that comes to it. So what does that mean practically? That means traditionally give up something that you normally would do to, and the way they would frame it is give up something you normally would do that you can live without to help better feel in, the, yes, a minuscule way the pain of Jesus going to the cross. Mm. Right? Now, again, anything compared that we give up is not going to compare. We get that but we're doing the best we can here. So for instance, let's just go uh, very practical. If you give up Starbucks, a lot of people give up Starbucks for Lent. Great, my question is, if you give that up, how are you holding that space then? Because a lot of times I think we just give it up and we, we just leave this empty void. Right. So I always like to say, okay, how am I holding that space for Jesus, for relationship? Can you give a practical example of what that might look like? Yes. yes. I'm glad you okay. asked. <laughs> so if I give up my Starbucks, that means instead of going to Starbucks in my morning or two, three times a week, I am going to take that money and put it in a fund throughout the season of Lent. And then I'm holding that during that season. And every time I give it to that jar or that box, right, I'm saying the prayer, God, what do you want me to do with this after Lent? Mm-hmm. And so I'm holding that space for my relationship with Jesus by praying. And then practically after Lent, maybe I'm contributing it to a neighbor who needs it because I'm listening and allowing that relationship to develop and following those promptings of the Spirit and then fostering that by donating those funds. That's so much better than just giving up your Starbucks. It is. Yeah, (laughs) right? Um, TV is another one. So Linda and I, my wife Linda, have given up TV. We haven't done that in a while, TV. Um, we're dabbling with, with it for this season, but we would often give up TV for Lent. Mm. Um, it is hard, especially if you're in the habit of giving up TV for Lent, or not, of not, what, not yes. giving up TV, right? Yes. Now, that being said, during the season of Lent, then what did we do? Well, we enjoyed each other's company. We took a walk. We read scripture. We had friends over. We went to bed early, right? Shocker. <laughs> um, now, what always surprised me, Sue Ann, is after Lent, oh, great, we could watch TV again. And I go back to my favorite shows and I start watching. And I go, wow, this was my favorite show? Mm. I'm feeling really uncomfortable now. Wow. It's because it, it really brings to the forefront of, you know, we, we become, how do you say, desensitized to certain things, right. I believe. Yes. And when we do something from fasting from it, we can see how it was affecting us without us even knowing. Um, yeah. So good. That's really, and I love that you're sharing such practical things mm-hmm. because I think people, this is reframing for mm-hmm. people. They can really grab onto this and say, oh, Okay, instead of white knuckling through it, instead yes. of muscling through it, right. this gives me purpose. This gives me intentionality that is leading towards something. And that's mm-hmm. so helpful and so good. Uh, a little bit different, one, a little example. I'm going to give you a little bit different example here. Um, it also might start from a desire of, as you look at Jesus, you know, on the cross and wanting to be more like Jesus. So you might pray for the season of Lent, Jesus, less of my anger and more of your patience. Or Jesus, help me to let go of my self-centeredness and may I embrace more of your self-sacrifice towards others. So then through the season of Lent, you are practically looking for ways to carry that out, Mm. right? By keeping that in front of you. Um, I think that Lenten practice, you know, 
whatever it might be, giving up a lunch two, three times. Don't say you're giving up, you know, lunch all, every day. Say you're going to give it up on Mondays and Wednesdays. Great. Do it then. But during that lunch that you're fasting from, take a prayer walk around the office. Take a prayer walk around your block. Um, maybe invite someone and, and just get to know them better in the office. Who knows what God's going to do through that? Um, there's so many things. Again, be creative with it, right? And, and the, the, this becomes really fun if you have a family. And when you get the kids involved, when you get your spouse involved, if you have a small group, say, how are we as a small group going to keep Lent together? Mm-hmm. And then share every week or every other week, depends how often you meet, right? Um, what are the joys and what are the valleys that you're experiencing? What are you discovering about yourself that's convicting or refreshing yes. uh, along this Lenten journey? That's so good because as, as you and I have already both stated, uh, we tend to get so individualized in our journey with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus never called us individually. He called a community of people mm-hmm. and he's called us to keep this practice um, together. And so I, I so appreciate you saying that and continuing to point us to that. So mm-hmm. good stuff. Any more practical ways or do you want to move on to resources? Uh, I mean, those are the key practical ways. I, I have a number of resources that you yeah. could share. Let's, well, we're, we're getting, we're starting to, yeah. our time is ticking away. So let's move on uh, to some resources. What, what can you point people to that yeah. can help? Uh, so here's, I'm going to give you my, f- during Lent, I usually have a Lenten reader, right? So here, okay, I'll, can I do a confession here? Absolutely, please do. The way I'm wired, I always like lots of <laughs> options, but that's also a downside for me. Because I want to ping pong back and forth from a lot of different things, I don't think the season of Lent should be that. Mm, say and more. I always have to go. I always have to lean into Lent and say less is more. It's good, right? Yeah. So don't give up three things. I'm giving up chocolate, coffee, and TV. Don't do that. Focus on one thing, and build things around it that that help you maintain that one thing to keep that focus. Okay. Right. It's a good Part one. of that maintaining that I found very helpful is to choose a Lenten reader. There's many, many of them out there. My top three, I kind of do a cycle of. Uh, one is called Reliving the Passion by Walter Wengren. Uh, Wengren, I've read for years. He's a Lutheran pastor, was author in residence at Valpo, uh, Valparaiso University. Um, just a great writer. And Reliving the Passion is, is all for the season of Lent, a daily reading. Another one's called um, Bread and Wine, Readings for Lent and Easter by Plow Publishing. That's another great read. And it it gleans from church history. Yes. Which I love church history. Yeah. And I love reading, you know, fighting, as Lewis would say, that chronological snobbery. Right? So it's not just new things we need to read. It's let's go back and see what they're reading and and what they were writing uh, in 1300 and 1500 uh, because it still can enrich our soul. Um, and I refer to Alicia's uh, book. Her book's called 40 Days of Decrease, A Different Kind of Hunger, A Different Kind of Fast. All right? Uh, I'll warn you, uh, it's a great read for Lent, but it's a little dense. Yeah. Meaning it's, um, it's a little heavy. So I would okay. say maybe do three readings a week. Okay. Don't read it every day. Do two to three readings a week and you'll be good. Okay. We did that as a church we did. years ago. Yes. I did yeah. not know you knew her. That's yes. actually really cool. Yeah. 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 I will I will throw into this mix Do also it. because um I adore her. She's been here on Deeper Still. Jen Pollock Michelle mm. has a book called A Habit Called Faith that I interviewed mm. her on last year um, that is 40 days. Uh, it toggles back and forth between um, Deuteronomy and Mark, mm. the book of the gospel. And it's just a, I don't think it's specific to Lent, but it's that habit. They're short devotionals, but it's a habit called faith. And she says, let habit take you by the hand and lead you to, I'm not going to get the quote right, but mm-hmm. lead you to Jesus. Mm. And it's that idea during Lent, have that yeah. habit. So I'll throw that one out there too. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. That's good. So choose a reader um, and enjoy that process. Again, enjoy it. The idea we've already mentioned, actually keep Lent in some way. So in other words, what are you giving up, but also how are you holding that space for connection, for relationship? So it's not ritual, it's for relationship. Talk about it as a family, right? Maybe you as a family are giving up TV during the week. 
or maybe on the weekend only, right? Do something that's going to be meaningful that everyone can buy into um, and grow for. And it also is challenging, right? Stretch yourself. It's okay to do that. Um, we will be offering uh, what we do every year. We have a sermon series just for Lent, which I always get very, very excited about. Yep. And I am extremely biased when it comes to sermon series for Lent to simply focus on Jesus. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm super excited uh, that this season, for, I told you, this excitement in Lent, I know it's an oxymoron, but just go with it. We're focusing, uh, it's called At the Table. And we're looking at all these instances through the Gospels of Jesus being at the table with people and the richness that comes out of that, the things that are taught directly and indirectly, the questions that's what brought Jesus to the table, what kept him there, who was there, who wasn't there, and why. And I think it's going to be a beautiful sermon series. And then what we do every season for Lent around here is um, I do an audio devotional weekly that plays off of that previous Sunday sermon. So those audio devotionals drop the, the first one's going to drop uh, Ash Wednesday. Okay, great. And then every Monday of Lent through Easter Monday. Great. And can't people subscribe to that? They can subscribe to that, yeah. Okay. So it'll be on our website uh, and it'll be in some emails that are coming out. Awesome. And they're meant actually, they're meant to be listened to. Okay. And they're meant to be listened to more than once. Mm. So if you listen to it on Monday, amazing. Wednesday and Friday, listen to it again and see if you discover something new. Um, so look forward to that. That's another great resource. Um, we also have uh, every year during Lent, Slowing to Hear. We do a Lenten Slowing to Hear. Slowing to Hear is a day-long spiritual retreat uh, that we host that simply is a day spent with Jesus. You know, I often say, you know, we plan our vacations, we plan our days off. When was the last time you spent and planned a day to simply be with Jesus? And there's few times in the church year that's better than Lent. Mm. And so that'll be coming up on March 4th. Great. Um, that's Saturday. Great. Also on our website, people can register. We'll be pushing some stuff out. And if you don't go to Christchurch, if Christchurch is not your home, uh, you can find all of this at Christchurch.us. And I think there's a special button. I'm sure there will be about Lent mm -hmm. and you can um, find all these resources in one place. Yeah. And, and the last thing I would encourage uh, is I get the gentle encouragement, not guilt-inducing encouragement, to enjoy the journey of Lent. Meaning, if you're keeping Lent by, watching, by giving up TV and you watch TV, fine. Start again the next day. Mm. If you just had to get that Starbucks fixed this morning because you're up to 3 a.m. working last night, okay, grace abounds. Yes. Right? Yeah. Uh, so don't get down on yourself because, again, we're not doing this out of ritual. We're doing this towards relationship. Well, and the beautiful thing about that is when we fail, it points us back to our limitations, which yes. is the whole idea of what we're trying to learn yes. and acknowledge about ourselves during this season is we are limited. We are finite. We screw up. We need a savior. Thank goodness. Thank God for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, right? I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's so even in our failures of Lent, it's not about, like you said, shaming ourselves. It's about leaning into this is why we need Jesus. You know, mm -hmm. so that's that's really good. Mm -hmm. And thanks for giving me permission to fail. I appreciate that. Absolutely. You gave me permission on Sundays, and now you also gave me permission to screw it up. I, I really, that was, you were worth having here today. Oh, that's good. That's good to hear. <laughs> that's good to hear. Uh, well, my friend, we're about out of time. I have one last question. Yes. For you, the question that I ask everybody who um, graces deeper still with their presence, um, what we're all about here is just recognizing that we are in a work, we are all a work in progress. Mm -hmm. That just when maybe we think we've gotten to a point on our journey where we feel pretty good about ourselves, or that we feel like maybe we've gotten a hold of something in our lives, God calls us to go deeper. Mm -hmm. And then just when He calls us to go deeper, ah, he calls us to go even deeper still. And so, my friend, today as we sit in this moment, where is God calling you, Eric Haskins, to go deeper still on your journey with him? Hmm. I love and hate that question. <laughs> uh, you know me. You know I love good formational questions like that. And 
in a related way, I've been talking this kind of idea over with my spiritual director just this last Monday as I was meeting with him. And I think the best way for me to answer that uh, right now in this place is really discerning what and how I'm saying no to certain things in my life so I can say yes to the things I'm truly called to. Mm. And at times I believe, especially in pastoral role, that's not always easy and that's not always obvious. And so it really takes discernment to say no to that with all the perhaps critique, perhaps the misunderstanding, perhaps this, that, or that. And some of that is self-induced. So I can say yes to this and truly follow my calling and passions and giftings and truly contribute to the kingdom in the way I've been uh, called by God to do. Mm. Does that make sense? Total sense. Yeah. yeah. I'm in process yeah. in that. Well, you know, I'm wrestling through it. Absolutely. And the thing I love about that answer is it reminds us that uh, pastors are people too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're all on this journey together, no matter where we're at, no matter what part of the journey we're on, no matter how long we've been journeying with Jesus, no matter what our vocation is, mm-hmm. we're all on a journey. So thanks for sharing that. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Well, my friend, we are out of time. And so thanks for being here today. Thanks for um, just what fun this was and so actually really helpful as uh, our friends and our listeners lean into Ash Wednesday and this really important Lenten season. So thanks so much for your time and uh, all your love and joy that you put in everything we you do. Uh, we really appreciate it. My pleasure. It's good stuff. Love being here. Well, friends, I hope you found that conversation as encouraging and as meaningful and as fun as I did. I told Eric after we stopped recording that there were some things I heard and I learned from him that were new that encouraged me to take more intentional steps in my Lenten journey this year. And so I hope that was true for you as well. Or if you've never participated in an Ash Wednesday service or leaned into some of these Lenten practices that Eric and I talked about, I hope this year you'll just give it a try. Just consider it. You don't have to get it all right, but just lean into it and see what God does. If you don't have a church home or you are part of our Christchurch congregation, I would encourage you to join us for Ash Wednesday services. We will be imposing ashes uh, most of the day, starting in the early morning and then at lunchtime and then at our 7 p.m. contemporary service as well. So please join us for that. And be sure to tap into any of the resources, any and all of the resources that we have at Christchurch.us during this Lenten season. We would absolutely love to journey alongside of you. If you have found this episode helpful or any episode of Deeper Still helpful or encouraging, I hope you'll share it with a friend, a neighbor, a family member, as well as subscribe to Deeper Still on your favorite podcast platform. We'll be back in two weeks with another great episode. At least I hope it's a great episode for you. I always have fun. And so my friends, be sure to come back and join us. And until then, go in God's grace.